Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Ryan and I are coming off of a really fun episode just last week. It was episode 91, and we came on after the Kings fired Luke Walton. So it's interesting time in Kingsland for sure. If you're looking for that episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing my co-host today, as always, Ryan, was good. How'd that sound? I got no crack today. No crack. Really? Gosh, dang it, dude. I don't understand it because I set the settings same uh, every single time on the mic. But, okay, well, totally, totally uh, spoiled my intro. But, uh, well, Kings fucking suck tonight. Lost by about 57 to uh, the shorthanded Memphis Grizzlies. That's always fun. Thank God there was football on today and I could just flip the channel and when I was turning into a crapshoot. Uh, but, you know, hey, Saka, Saka's, you know, won two out of the last three um, since since Gentry took over. Uh, hey, Eric, that's just we, so me and Eric were at the game the other day and it was uh, Gentry's uh, first game. And what was that guy next to us yelling? What was he calling Alvin Gentry? Remember the name? Uh, I don't know. Dude, was, I was you... thinking about that today, man. He was, he did not know Alvin Gentry's name, but he was calling him like Alan or something, dude. It was the freaking greatest it was, thing it ever. It was definitely off. <laughs> it was like, and this guy, like, it's, it's always the best listening to fans, dude. Because this is this was one of those guys who, like, during the game, is legitimately like, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs and commentating and like trying to drop that knowledge. And he was just wrong. Like every time Buddy shot a three, he was screaming no. And Buddy ended up shooting like 50% from the three and hit like six threes that night. But uh, yeah, he was like calling him Allen or something, dude. And it was just freaking great. Dude. I just could not stop laughing. But when I said Gentry, that's what, that's what immediately popped into my head. Yeah, the uh, the game was that game was fun. So we were, we were waiting to record tonight's episode after the the weekend. You know, after the Grizzlies game, hoping they'd get the dub on paper. See, on paper, it looked like they'd get the dub. It looked on paper that they'd get the dub so much, Ryan, that my dumb ass included the Kings in a couple of my football parlays today. Me too. And they fucked. They fucked two of my parlays. I'll be honest with you. I had, I went. I went two and one on a parlay, and I went one and one. And the one and one one is I bet the Niners on the money line and the Kings on the money line, thinking. Give me something good to eat to cap off the weekend. Get me back. Mm-hmm. Nope. The Kings fucked that up. So I, I you know what though? I, I need to keep learning my lesson. I, 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 I need to learn my lesson because I don't bet the Kings. I don't like to bet the Kings. Um, you know, be, but the, I, the only time I bet Kings games has been, like I've said, I bet uh, the opposing team in the third quarter. I do that mm-hmm. frequently. I win frequently. And then anytime, there's a center worth their salt uh, on the opposing team. I bet those rebounds over tonight, Ryan. I fucked up because I was lifting at the oh, start Steve, of the game. Steven Adams and I didn't get I didn't get my bet in time. You know what? You know what it was set at today. Eight, I couldn't believe eight, it. Eight and a half. I saw it at seven and a half. Oh, seven and a half. I didn't get my bet Ugh. in. He hit twelve. 
Shout out to Viggy out there in Kingsland who tagged us in there. He hit that. He came up on 50 on that. Nice. He um, listened to us. I like yeah. it. The funny, funny one, though, was last week when we so we did go to that game uh, the, to the Trailblazers game. That was a really that was a really fun game. That was, that fun, was the uh, that was the funnest game for me. We've been to a lot this season. That was the funnest one I've been to. Uh, Mark nah, Bagley got that, his run. That well, Hornets game was live, dude. Did you go yeah, with me lot, to that Hornets game? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, franchise record in threes, man. That was a good game. Lots of, I mean, a lot we'll talk about in the key things, but the fun thing about that is we were live betting that game hard inside hard. the arena, right? And we had bet going in um, for uh, Jonas Valanciunas to hit his over on rebounds. No. I think it was, no, Joseph, Juice of Nurkic. Juice of Nurkic, my bad. Okay, no, that was before we did that. See, we've been betting those overs on those rebounds so much lately. Okay, Juice of Nurkic, he hit it in the first quarter. So yeah, it was it, it was nine and a half. Yeah, it was nine and a half, and he hit it in the first quarter. And then we live bet, and then we live bet fifteen and a half, and hit it like halfway through the third. And then my dumbass got greedy and live bet it again, nineteen and a half. And Nurkic didn't play like the whole fourth quarter, and I think he ended up with nineteen. Dude, fucked me. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, but the, I don't like to bet the Kings, but those are the only ones I'll, you know, I'll throw it in there. But um, it, or I would say. A better week in Kingsland this week and a better time to come on and talk to the podcast minus tonight. But, you know, going back to that Trailblazers game, it, it was a really it, it was a really fun game just because the situation surrounding the Kings in the last couple of weeks, the fact they've lost so many games, the fact that um, they fire their coach, and then they go in there against the Trailblazers and we're like, this is this one could be rough, right? It could be rough or Sean Holmes didn't play, right? And uh, it turned out to be really fun. Marvin Bagley got a ton of run, played a lot. Uh, you know, so anything, what were your key, t- key takeaways from that game? I guess, Ryan, just since we were at it, anything, it's something to highlight that you think can be something of note. Yeah. <clears throat> well, well, first off, they always play well against Portland, right? I, I, I think I was on the opposite side of the spectrum from you. I, I was kind of half expecting Sack to go in there and play well and win that game. Uh, but some takeaways, yeah, Marvin Bagley, obviously Gentry's rolling with him. And, uh, you know, something that me and you already know and we've pointed out before is, uh, you know, Darren Fox got kicked out. I want to say the third quarter is when he got tossed. And, you know, the Kings didn't really skip a – maybe it was the fourth quarter or whatever, but the Kings don't really skip a beat, man. That My takeaway is – if Buddy Heald's rolling, this team's rolling. You know that's kind of been the that's kind of been the, the the common theme throughout the season. If Buddy's knocking down shots, Sacramento's rolling. Um, so that was it. You know, Buddy he had a slow start, but I want to say he ended the game as the high scorer. Uh, I know he hit five or six threes. I want to say he was actually I want to say he was five from eleven from the three point. You know, and and people just talk shit about Buddy. Just all he does is cash shots. Well, you know, if you're gonna hit five of eleven, which is you know, 40 something percent from the three point line. Like, uh, yeah, fucking shoot 20 of them. I don't give a shit if you're going to hit 40%, you know? Um, so yeah, just like tonight, you know, buddy struggled from the three point line. Kings get the shit kicked out of them. Um, so that's kind of one thing that I've noticed. Another thing. Um, yeah. Damian Jones, big body athletic, seeing him live in person, um, actually get run and, you could tell he's raw. He's kind of clumsy. I don't know if he if that kind of effort that he put on that night is really sustainable throughout a you know eighty two game season. 
Um, but he he's big and he does deserve some time. Him and Bagley both, you know, um, especially that was, you know, with Rashawn Holmes out and stuff. So uh, that's just a few takeaways from that game. That's a good insight about about the Buddy Heald shooting and and kind of the Kings offense really. I think he's had a lot of offensive struggles this year, right? And one of the things that you and I have been having a conversations about like at the games and when we talk is about is about the the people moving the needle, you know, and the Kings don't have a lot of players who who are moving the needle right now. I mean, I, you know, but but Buddy Hield is one of them is because of his shooting. I'm looking I've been looking at a lot of the box scores at the end of the games and the Kings three-point shooting still this season has just been I would say he's been pretty poor. I don't know what they are ranked wise or anything like that. I don't really care. I mean, if you just look at it, it's been pretty poor. That's the interesting thing about the Kings is they want to be this perimeter shooting team. They want to go out there and play quote unquote with pace, but I don't think they always have the guys to do it. I mean, if you look at the, the game tonight, Ryan, the three point shooting was not stellar. I mean, it's one for nine, one for five, oh for one, oh for six. What is Metu shooting six threes for? That's, you know, we can get into that. I'd like to. Uh, Terrence Davis, two for five. So that's bad. I mean, you, if you look at the, a lot of the box scores and all, on all the L's, um, it's it's a lot of three-pointers and not a lot of people making them, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Buddy Heald, when he's on, he's on. That game against the, the Blazers, he was, he was on. And he and he does not – he's not afraid to shoot it. You know, he's not afraid to shoot it for sure. But, yeah, hey, Metu, what the fuck is that, dude? Okay, let's talk a little bit about tonight since it's kind of or on it. So, tonight, the lineup was weird. Um, it was it was Fox, Hal Burton, Terrence Davis started at small forward. I guess he, he would not, you know. Then Metu starts with Len. And then a minute in the game, they take Terrence Davis out and put Buddy Hield in, which was really weird. I didn't get that. Um, You know, I, I wanted to point this out because – Marvin Bagley gets a lot of run in the Portland game, okay? And then on Friday night, he gets a ton of run in the Lakers game all the way through all those overtimes and in the fourth quarter. He plays really well. And then they come out tonight and Metsu gets the start. I, di- I didn't agree with that. I don't like that. And, and it's something like we were – we've been, if you've been listening to us, you know that how Ryan and I feel about Marvin Bagley. You know, we, we're probably one of the last few – I know KC's rolling with us for sure, Ryan. But we're one of the last few people that are holding the line about this guy needs to play, this guy can play. Most everybody else is like, you know, they fucking want to trade him. They just want to move off of him. And, and when he, it, that's why I, I say the Portland game was, was really fun because he came in, he really did make an impact. You know, he hit, I think he hit two threes that game, which was the place went crazy. And then he goes out and does the same thing on Friday night. And so, um, you know, I would say for starters, anybody out there who's still saying that Marvin Bagley shouldn't be in the rotation, I don't know, man. Fuck you, fuck you. You're a hater, I guess. You know, I don't know what else to say. You're just a hater. Well, but when on know, a night like you know tonight, what? the guy can't start. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was very clear the other night. He was the most athletic player on the court. <laughs> like, he was. Like, it, you know, with De'Aaron Fox out. And that's both teams combined. You know, I'm talking about just pure athleticism, size, speed, jumping ability, like physical capabilities. Marvin Bagley was without a doubt the most physical, cap- physically capable person on the court. 
Um, so, you know, and then to watch him just hit the dagger three, two, it wasn't that he just hit those two threes. He hit the dagger three and he pulled down some clutch rebounds, man. So, um, yeah, like you said, man, fuck a bunch of fucking haters, dude. People love to hate on buddy and they love to hate on Marvin Bagley, but they don't be hating on Halliburton going a one for four with like two points tonight. And, you know, having, a you know, being in the starting lineup and, and honestly being a non-fucking factor offensively. So I just want to throw that in there. We can talk about that. <laughs> ba- uh, ba- the Bagley takes though. It's like, it's, he gets in there. His, we want to say statistical output is always, it's there, you know, 19 minutes in that, in that Blazers game, he comes off, he gives 10, eight, you know, the rebounds two for three from three pointers. Everybody loves Rashawn Holmes's field goal percentage. Well, Marvin Bagley four for six from the floor. You know, the guy, the guy rebounds. He does rebound. Uh, he was a leading rebounder in that game. Um, you know, and then let's let's follow it up, I guess, with Friday night, right? Because Friday night, we weren't at the game, but you could say that was the best, the most exciting game all year. Just because, I mean, you go into three overtimes with the Lakers. I um, mean, that's really exciting. And it, and it was, but what happened, that whole game was... Um, it was what it was what it was, but then you get down the stretch, okay. And Buddy didn't have a great game, but then Buddy in the fourth quarter on had a really good game. He hit the he hit a, he hit. I mean, I'm not having all the the play by play in front of me, but at one point he hits um, a big three. He hits a, a a tie it up two a mid range, I think in the first overtime. So that was huge. And then and then Marvin Bagley plays 35 minutes, and a lot of that was. I'll give the credit to to Gentry and that he's being pretty experimental with the lineups. And uh, when things get hot, he's kind of rolled with them. He did that in the Trailblazers game. He did that Friday night in the Lakers game. And that's what he did. He let Bagley and Heald and all those guys play out the whole, all the overtimes just because they were hot. Um, You know, and and that's, I, I guess, if anything, you know, that comes from the episode we did a week ago where we're like, oh, well, anything change, right? And you were, I think you were like, I don't think anything will. And I'm my take was, well, shit, they better try something. And really, the only thing they have to do is to mess with the rotations. So I'll, I'll give it to him to Gentry this past week and that he, a lot of guys have got a lot of minutes. The lineups have looked really have looked different. You know, you had a game where Damon Jones gets 18, Bagley gets 19, Bagley gets 35. Terrence Davis is playing more. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's there's some bright spots that come out of it. And for me, it's Bagley Bagley's the is one you know um the the last the the last year when Dave Yeager was here in the Kings and won those 39 games I mean I think Bagley started like 40 games or something that year right Ryan you know uh, I'd have to look it up but yeah he I mean I was I was just on his stats right now and his first three years of his career 25 minutes a game so you know regardless if he was in the starting lineup or not he was 25 almost 26 minutes a night um and now he's playing 17. Um, and that's just in games that he's played, right? Like he, how many DNPs does he have this year? So, yeah, no, I mean, uh, well, and, and I guess the point is like, it's crazy. The Luke Walton, was it Luke Walton the whole time? I don't know. We're not in the line. We're not in the locker rooms and shit. We're not the insiders, you know, I don't know what was holding up this, the, the, the rotations and why certain guys weren't getting certain looks, but I give it to Gentry. Like I said, I'll give it to him. The one that we, we, we want to point out, is that, you know, we always kind of pick hills that we die on that just we're just the, to the contrary to everybody else. 
And this one we've been kind of putting out there for a while now. And you kind of alluded to it. And it's it's like Tyrese Halliburton is not moving the needle at all. Like he's not moving the needle at all. It's clear that when he and Fox are on the floor together, it's not optimal. It's I think we noticed that like in the offseason. I said it on here. But then it's still last year. Yeah, it, we noticed it last year when people wanted to start. We're like, it's not really optimal. Um, and then it's even coming out. I mean, he even got asked it last week, you know, and he even said, well, you know, Fox and R is fucking chemistry, blah, blah, blah. It's not, you know, it's, it's work in progress kind of thing. Um, I think I, I just want to put it out there. I think people are noticing it, though. I do think people are noticing it. The guy's stats are not he's starting but his stats are worse what does that say you know it's yeah. the same it's the same to have with Bogdanovich when Bogdanovich is here that's what we, we kind of have the same attitude towards him right it's like he got a lot of stats he's a good player but he got a lot of stats because he was coming off the bench and was playing against you know secondary players and he was more of a primary uh figure in the in the rotation when he was on the bench yeah. you know and, and so I don't know. He's not moving the it's, needle, man. Yeah. Halliburton is playing 33 minutes a night. All right. I, I got to remember this off the top of my head, but 33 minutes a night, he's shooting 10.7 shot attempts every single night, which is identical, exact to what he did last year, except now he's less, less efficient, right? He was shooting 5.13s, I believe, last year at 40%. Um, now he's shooting 38%. Um, his statistical output is literally identical. Uh, more minutes, just less efficient. So I would say he's um, down. He's down slightly, pretty much in every category. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's it's just less efficient, right? Like mm-hmm. it's you put their stat lines, combined stat lines next to each other, and they're they're ident- they're pretty identical, just less efficient. So, uh, but we've been saying that for a long time, and I and I think it's time that we come out here and and we make that the hill that we die on. I like I like that you brought that up. Uh, uh, you know, it's not not hating not saying that Halliburton isn't isn't a good player or you know but I I just believe that um him next to Darren Fox is not optimal like you said I I think that's I think Buddy Hield is a better option next to Darren Fox you have a, a an elite three-point shooter who's shooting over 10 threes a night and shooting 38 percent from the three-point line right <laughs> like that is insane there's not a lot of guys in the NBA who can do that you know you could count them on one hand Guys who can just straight up 10 threes, 38% every single night. Um, so I, I just, I really believe, and I'm going to stick with that. You know, it, I really believe that Buddy Hill's better than Halliburton next to De'Aaron Fox. Right. Yeah. So well, the, the, the stats show that. I mean, I don't think, and that's the thing is like, I wanted to really start making noise about it now just because the Kings are in this experimental phase right now. It's still early in the season. They're not. You know they're they're in the they're in the mix they're in the mix where they're at believe you know want to hate or not they are, and they're at this experimental point. They do kind of need to solidify something and decide what the direction is going to be moving forward. And the stats show for two years like what it is with Halberton. Um, and I I look back the last couple of years. I look the last time the Kings had you know the the time the, the, the a couple of years ago when they were coming off that season where buddy got the extension and what the lineup looked like and when when they traded for Harrison Barnes and they and they did that in the, the lineup at that time what people really wanted was they wanted Fox buddy Harrison Barnes at the time Willie was in the lineup but you know they got Holmes now so that's why it's like they've never really committed to going back to that direction um with a fortified bench and and a you know more versatile rotation that's why i think that this this you know, De'Aaron, Buddy, HB, 
you know, I think Bagley and uh, you could default to Holmes there too, but really, you know, at some point is Holmes moving the needle either. I don't know, man. I don't know if he does move the yeah, needle. I don't, I don't think so either. I, I, I really that's don't. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's what the, like the kind of theme, I guess, is, is like needle mover. Be honest. That's how I tell, be honest to Kingston because people, Brian, when you, when you make, we make these points out there, people think we're like, over the top about people or we fucking hate on people out and it's really not it just be objective like look at it it was Rashawn Holmes moving the needle does he if he doesn't start and he comes off the bench he's like what does that look like honestly is it that bad <laughs> really yeah. if 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 Halberton comes off the bench is it is it that bad it doesn't mean they can't they're not playing I mean they could play a lot Halberton played play, 30 minutes play 30 minutes yeah yeah so exactly. so it's like it's like if an Alex Lynn Bagley Barnes, Buddy, Fox, start, and Tyrese Halberton and Rashawn Holmes can run their pick and roll that everybody in the Kingsland loves off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's something to look at, man. I mean, really, uh, people have become so dogmatic about their what they want to see in their player and how much they love their guy and they want to, you know. But really, at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like people are moving the needle, and. The games, if you look at the games the Kings are are really competitive in, it's De'Aaron Fox is going off because he's the guy. He's not playing off ball like they fucking have him playing half the game at a wing, as a wing, like a fo- yeah. small forward. And it's games where Buddy Hill's shooting, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's and, and then they're not getting killed on the board. This seems, you know, you look at common denominators amongst it. You know, look, look at that at Lakers game. Fox, 34 points. Buddy, 25 points. The leading scores of that game. If you look at the Trailblazers game, just from last week, the one we were talking about that we were at, Ryan, it's the same story. You know, leading scorer in that game, Buddy Hill, 22. Who's the second leading scorer? 21. Who, who, they, they win the game against the Trailblazers. Tyrese Halpern, like you said, six points. And Holmes doesn't play. So it's not saying those guys aren't good. It isn't saying, especially Halbert is so young, he could develop as somebody. But is it optimal? Are they moving needles? I don't think so. I, I, you know, and, and we're people don't like to say this shit, Ryan. People yeah, like but to be honest you know, about it. but all right, well, let's be honest about our take too, though. At the end of the day, Buddy Hill and Darren Fox just aren't good enough, obviously, to get it done. They're not moving the needle towards the playoffs either. Um, but I do think that they bring the difference between Halliburton and, and Buddy is, um, you know, that that quality. You know, that that's that's something that elite quality, something that you can do that nobody else can do or very few people can do. And Buddy Hield brings probably the most valuable thing shooting, uh, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I, I still think Sacramento is just shorthanded. Um, they're not very talented at the end of the day. You know, shitty teams or good, good teams, talented teams don't lose by 40 to Memphis Grizzlies with their best player out, you know, so. Uh, well, respectfully, it was only a 27 point loss. All right. Well, they were down by 31. It was one point. All right. So like if I say 40, I really, you know, I, I, I think they fucking deserve to lose by 40 in my eyes. They don't 20 points, 40 points really don't fucking matter. You Steven Adams and who else was on that team tonight? Come on, man. DeAnthony Melton. Like get, get the fuck out of here. Dylan Brooks. Like, come on guys. You know, Desmond, so, Desmond Bain went out Desmond there. Desmond Bain did work, you, you know, Jaron Jackson, all him and his 105 million to average 14 points and five rebounds. That's another fucking thing, dude. Ah, oh, oh, I'm actually, that, I'm actually, you brought that up. Okay. And we always hate on the per 36 stat. 
And we always hate. So here's the thing. We always hate on per 36. We always hate on advanced statistics. Sorry, I didn't say that very well. Statistics, because people like to use them to make their points. So yeah, I'm going to kind of fucking yeah, do that sway, only sway because the-, the NBC broadcast did it today. And, uh, you know, you can do this with the career stats and it's the same thing, but they they did. They put a side by side with Jaron Jackson and Bagley on their per mm-hmm. 36 for the career. And it's points. Points are even at per 36, 20.5, 20.2 field goal percentage. Bagley edges him 3% at 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, three point percentage is there. Uh, rebounds. Bagley is a much better rebounder per 36. Mm-hmm. Blocks. Jaron Jackson has my block, but the overall really similar Two two guys who we brought up a lot on the podcast uh, draft in the same draft class. Uh, both have had injury histories. Both are young power forwards on developing teams. One guy gets the benefit of the doubt and gets the love from his franchise, and, and they're going to continue to trust him and move forward. The other one, everyone's fucking wants to give up. It wasn't on even about lose. trusting him to go forward. It was about we just straight up gave him $105 million and he's only played like 70 games in his life. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's the same story. Good that, for that's, him. Good that's for why him. it's really, it's really interesting. But that's why the Memphis Grizzlies, though, uh, they get that nod. They get the look uh, when it when you talk about developing up and coming teams over the Kings because the Kings have a track record of being fucking ass like we've been talking about and doing stupid things. Yeah, well, when you're you the know? worst ran when you're the worst ran franchise in American sports, why the hell would we give you the benefit of the doubt? <laughs> no, then they don't. They don't deserve the benefit. They don't of the deserve doubt. it. I think it's what's really interesting though. Not even interesting. It's fucking bull, stupid bullshit. Interesting, whatever you want to call it about the Kings right now is yet again, the Kings are still figuring it out. They're still trying to figure it out. It's like, we're, I heard that crack this time. Yes. There you go. Yeah, I think I have to I have to be farther away. So like when I did it before the pod, like right when the pod started on the intro, I was real close to my mic. And that one, I was probably about two feet away from the mic. So I think I got it down now. There you go. Um, no, what I was saying though, is it's, it's about this time of the... At this time, we're, we're they're still trying to figure out. They're still trying to figure out their rotation. Still trying to figure out their fucking lineups. You know, then they get they lose, and the Colts come out after the games like, oh, you know, we got to do better. We can't let this happen. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, dude, things don't ever change, man. We got to hear that and, twice a week. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. But I, I I don't know. I mean, I think this week was this week was. They responded, I guess, the best that they could have responded given the circumstances, just because they did have Barnes uh, out. So HB's out, Holmes out. Okay. And then, you know, they, they go, they go play uh, the Trailblazers. They go play the Lakers, which they're not favored in those games. And, um, you know, they pull out the dubs on those ones. I mean, really, it could have been really bad. We could have been coming on today and just saying, holy shit, this is, this is terrible. But, but Gentry, he's trying to figure some shit out. I, yeah. I, I, old, old Alfred Gentry over there. Is that what he was calling him, Alfred? <laughs> I don't know, dude, but I'm going to – just just for everybody out there in Kingsland, uh, I will now refer to Alvin Gentry as an A-name and Gentry for the rest of the season. So it's, it's not that I don't know his time. real name, but fucking Albert Gentry over here, man. <laughs> yeah, the uh... – well, okay, let's talk – hey, the game experience. Let's give a little update on the game experience, Ryan. Uh, the game experience, I'm already over the arena food this year. I will say that. I feel like I don't know what's going on. I I, I think they lost a couple places, um, but I'm already over the arena food. What about you? Uh, well, you definitely eat the arena food more than I do. Um, I've only had the arena food. I've been to six games. I've had the arena food twice. So, and both times I got the chicken strips, man. You know, you know the chicken strips are always hitters. But you know where, we, where, where me and uh, the owner of Ziggy's go, 
uh we've been we're gonna make it our new thing we're gonna hit that pizza spot dude um it's like right in between um what's the restaurant uh yard house is that what it is yard house it's above yard house right next to the movie theater that's in there upstairs there's this little pizza spot dude you get there and they make it right in front of you and shit so we've been hitting that so i've been trying to stay away uh from the arena food man as much as possible yeah the uh the arena experience though has been interesting and um because we sit at the same seats every game so it's like around us the people are constantly rotating and so every game's kind of a different a different experience you talk about that guy the other day though and it is it is it is true like the people that go in there and, and the takes that come out in the middle of the games um and what people root for Dude, and what people it killed me because buddy healed pulled a wide open three okay wide open three nets it right makes it. it's like a third quarter and the guy goes come on buddy that's not your shot you're lucky he was like you're lucky you made it that's not your shot and i was just like are you fucking shitting me right now? Is Buddy healed wide open from the wing three? Come on, dude, you're an idiot. Yeah, the it's. Hey, I was I'm looking at the schedule right now, right? The Kings have a. Uh, they don't really have many games in the next week. Which no, is, I know. I'm not going to the games ki- for like two weeks. We sold the Lakers tickets. Yeah, this. I mean, they had the Lakers games on Tuesday. Then they play Wednesday, but then they then they don't play till Saturday night. You know, they play the Clippers twice, the Lakers once. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think I'm definitely going to bet the Lakers on Tuesday on, on the money line. I can't see the Lakers dropping two in a row to the Kings. Oh, that's, for sure. For so sure. That's, that's going to be the bet I'm, I'm looking forward to. For I mean, sure. Maybe I'll try to get Dwight Howard's like over on rebounds, dude. You know, you know, to be a low ass number, like, cause he doesn't play much minutes, like three and a half. All he's got to do is play seven minutes, dude. He'll freaking eight rebounds. Easy. Yeah, the well, I mean, that's always that's always a good bet. I wonder when Rashawn Holmes is going to come back, though. I mean, that he's that dude's been out with like an eye injury or he's sick or something. People were talking about. Yeah, I don't know, man. They're two and one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's I I don't think like you said, I don't think it's a big deal for Sean Holmes misses some time. I think it's more of a it's more of a problem. You know, it's pretty evident evident tonight, especially with the lack of depth at that position with Harrison Barnes out. Harrison Barnes is one that it's like, all right, if HB needs to play every night, because if he doesn't, you're rolling out there with really, really small lineups. And if you do put Mo Harkless in there, that guy, like, honestly, like for real, he just doesn't really affect the game. I was going to say like, for real, you could put me out there and it would be like, you know, I'm going to be he's realistic. Probably, he's yeah, dude, he, yeah. He's better. He's better than you, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your time has passed, bro. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not even trying to say, I was just trying to make a point. Obviously I have no, NBA talent, but uh, I was just trying to make a point, but I didn't want to exaggerate too much. But, you know, when Harrison Barnes is out, dude, it's kind of ugly. You know, I don't know if I would put too much stock into tonight's loss on, you know, HB being out or not, but um, it's something that we've discussed before the season and so far during the season. So, um, yeah, HB need him to come back. Rashawn Holmes, if he misses the next four or five games, dude, honestly, I'm not really tripping too much. I got something funny. This is a rant about the Lakers game the other day. You know, Skip Bayless is fu- just fucking, or Kellen Coward rather than Skip Bayless, actually. They all fucking hate on, everyone hates on Russell Westbrook. Um, a lot of people hate on Russell Westbrook, I guess, in the NBA for some reason. All the guy, all the guy does is play hell hard, but, uh, you know, they lose to the Kings and Westbrook, he had 51, 
he played 51 minutes, hit 28 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. And, and I was just looking on Twitter. A ton of people blamed Westbrook for the loss against the Kings. The other day. I just wanted to point that out because I'm just well, scrolling well, through. How efficient, how efficient was it? Doesn't matter, bro. Triple-double 51 minutes, dude. That's it's not yeah. his fault. You know what I mean? I mean, if he shot 35 shots, though, I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I don't know, man. I think that I think if anything this week, I, I think I would like to see a couple keys to the week, things I'd like to see, things I'm excited for. You know, the Kings have this way, if you follow the team and you're a fan, they have a way of keeping you coming back and looking ahead. And maybe that's just our Kings fans' blind fandom. But for me, I really hope that the, the Bagley stuff continues. I really do. I hope that Fox um, isn't isn't playing off ball and can and kind of gets the scoring up and does that. Um, I do. I, I think looking ahead next week, Ryan, I do – think that i'm i don't know man i can't i can't really say that they're going to make it out of this stretch against the lakers and the clippers with a winning record doesn't mean the sky's falling you know i mean after that the record the, the schedule does get a little easier and that's where i'm hoping that this next week they can kind of finalize this experimental shit that they're going through because a winnable game against the hornets um uh, when uh, the calves are a lot better this year but it's you know it's just, it's a winnable game. The Raptors are after that winnable game. The Wizards were winnable game. And then, and then, you know, they're, then they're going to see the Grizzlies. So it's like over like the next, you know, 10 games, a lot of winnable games after that. So the Kings really need to figure their shit out and get a little bit healthy. And they do, like I said, they do have that way of keeping you coming back and looking for more, you know? For sure, man. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I always want, uh, you know, always, always want Bagley to, to figure it out. Right. You know, we're not those Kings fans who like hella hate, you know, like people, people are rooting for Marvin Bagley to be bad. They really are. I just want the guy to succeed, man. I, I, I really just, I really want the guy to succeed. And that's the same for Halliburton, you know, I know come on here and, you know, we kind of bash him a little bit, but I want, I just want Halliburton to succeed, you know, put him in a, in a position to succeed and be successful. So that's it. That's a common theme, though, dude, with people out there. They don't like their player. Like, the, we can we have the I Hate Buddy Hill fan club on, on the, the Facebook group? Mm-hmm. Dude, the other day, one that guy, Tim, got crushed, man. He makes a post on there about where's Buddy Hill that? And all, all he does is drop 25 points, you know, basically in the, in the overtimes. And it wasn't for him. I mean, there's a lot of times that, that they'd, uh, you know, see this. They, they'd rather, I guess, Buddy Hill just suck and the Kings lose, you know? I, I mean, yeah. there was a lot of people out there. We didn't really talk about this last couple episodes about Walton. There's a lot of people that hated Walton so much. And, you know, we always see the interactions on Twitter and stuff. They hated Walton so much that they wanted the Kings to lose so he'd get fired. It was like this weird cheering it's against weird. thing. It's weird. It's yeah. a weird. It's a weird thing amongst fans. It's like, do they people care more about being right or proving their point or their guy? I guess doing better. It's, it's a weird position to be in. And I, n- I never want to come across that way. Um, especially like, you know, like tonight we, we pick a couple of hills. We want to dine about how Bert, we, we think he should be on the bench and how we say we is bold to, to say out there. Rashawn Holmes isn't me- moving the needle. It is bold to say that type of stuff. And people will kind of throw this as, and categorize this as, you know, haters or whatever. But that's, that's definitely not the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so cool. Well, hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Facebook and Twitter at Kings Cast Eric and at Kings Cast Ryan. Just check us out on there. If you want to support Kings Cast, best way to do so is to slide down on Apple Podcasts after the show. Give us a five stars and let your friends know to check us out so we can get some more Kings fans just like you. So with that for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings.
This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.